Hello and a big warm welcome to you. In this podcast, I want to talk a little bit about highly sensitive children. Now, I wonder if you've ever heard of the term highly sensitive. You might be what you might call highly sensitive yourself, or you might have a child that you might term in that way. Now, I remember when I was growing up, there was this thing that I was told often that I was too sensitive. I wonder if you've ever heard that phrase. And often in our culture, high sensitivity isn't valued. What I really remember is when my daughter was three, I had Aletha Salter, PhD, come to stay with us from California. I live in Australia and I was organizing some workshops for her to run here on Aware Parenting, and she came to stay with us. And it was the first time then that I'd ever heard of this thing called the highly sensitive child or high sensitivity as a thing. And I'm so grateful that I learned about that from Aletha because it really changed everything for me in terms of how I viewed my daughter, how I viewed myself, and also how I viewed my own mother. So I really recommend, if you're not aware of um, Elaine Aron's work, she's the person who, who developed to devise this term, the highly sensitive person. She's written several books. Uh, she has a, a film, and she's developing another one, I believe. She has a website, obviously. Uh, I have a slightly different perspective. So from an aware parenting perspective, some of the things that she talks about, um, you know, there's a slightly different take on on high sensitivity. But what I really love about her work is it really helped me gain a deep, deep sense of not only acceptance of being highly sensitive, but actually really coming to celebrate the qualities of being a highly sensitive person. And really being able to celebrate that in my daughter as well, and in my mum, and also in my son. So what is highly sensitive? What does it mean? So there's a, there's a certain percentage of the population who are seen to be highly sensitive. I think it's 15%. And it often does run in families. Basically, highly sensitive people are a little bit different to people who are not quite so highly sensitive. So we, for example, we, we take longer to warm up in groups because when we walk into a group of people, we're taking in information that other people might not necessarily take in. We're really reading people and the situation and we're really taking in so much information. Um, Highly sensitive people are often much more um, affected by things emotionally because they're really, again, perceiving things. They often tend to be um, very perceptive of other people's feelings in particular. I think all babies and children are but with highly sensitive children, it's, it's even more so. Very attuned to the emotional environment. Often really deeply care about uh, other human beings, about the planet, about animals, about nature. Um, very sensitive to, to people or animals or things being treated in ways that aren't respectful and aware and caring. So, for example, in groups, a, a child, I really remember this with my daughter, she, she would tend to observe a lot before she would really engage in a group. And often it would be, she prefers smaller groups, me too, that's another thing. And I remember when she was younger, she 
you know, we maybe would be at, um, at a party and it would be, you know, maybe a small number of people and maybe after three or four hours she'd be really warming up and, you know, being right in there and engaged in there whereas uh, a lot of other children would kind of dive in right from the beginning. And, you know, she was much more cautious around things like swings, uh, not swings, but, you know, high things. She would take her time and really observe taking all the information um, highly sensitive children will often take longer to be ready to separate out whether that's going to daycare or school or groups or sleepovers all of those kinds of things so again these are all really natural things for highly sensitive children um, to do and what, it, what I love about it is really helps me totally trust my daughter's timing with things so um, it, she may have been in inverted commas slower than some other children but I've totally trusted her in timing and what I've loved to see is that, um, yes, maybe she's been older than some than lots of other children around things, but she's she's come to that point of wanting to do those things herself. So, from about the age of twelve or thirteen, she would suddenly just she would really love to go to um, you know like these rope courses where that set in forests and you can climb up really high and go down really scary things. So she's totally um, without fear to go on anything like that. Um, you know, she started to want to hang out more in groups and hang out more with people her own age, which, you know, wasn't such a need for her when she was younger. So she did come to all of these things and she took her own time. And I was so comfortable with really giving her and trusting her own timing. I think for me, it's also really helped me really, as I say, not only accept myself, but really be compassionate with myself. You know, there are certain situations that um, yeah, that I still tend to feel more uncomfortable in, like big yeah, big um, groups of people that I don't know, for example. You know, I'm comfortable if I'm facilitating a group, but if I'm if I go to a party or something, I don't know anyone. I'll tend to again, I tend to be a little bit quieter and hang back a little bit. Um, I'll tend to pick up on other people's feelings or the emotional state in a room, and and. Of course, what's happened is those have been really um, great gifts and skills for me to use in the work I do. So what I've come to is really, yeah, as I say, really actually love and appreciate these qualities. And what I love is to share this information with other, particularly other parents who are not really familiar with this kind of way of seeing children, because often... Um, I've talked to parents and they're, you know, they're wanting their child to be different. And when they really... Can see that the beauty of these kinds of qualities it can really help. I do also want to say that there, there can be a way that we can differentiate out being highly sensitive with having um, experienced stress or trauma or scary events which may then mean that children will then have extra fears on the top of being highly sensitive and what I want to say about that is that we can really help children heal from those and release those so that they they are still highly sensitive, but they're not um, having carrying around these weights of um, big fears or traumas or stresses or pent up painful feelings that are actually um, you know really preventing them from doing things that they want to do. So there really is a difference between those two things, and um, that's a piece I think aware parenting can really bring to understanding about. Um, highly sensitive children and that there are things that we can do to really support 
highly sensitive children to a help them understand themselves and really love and accept themselves um, because I certainly know as I grew up I used to judge myself and think there was something wrong with me so that you know to really help children see that these are beautiful qualities um, and to help them to know that they may need more support and encouragement um, and I really love holding the balance of both deep unconditional love and support with exactly whatever they're feeling you know, if they're feeling scared to do something but also gentle encouragement so it's you know if there's something they really want to do but they're scared you know not just saying oh you know it's all right don't do it um, but but also not saying just ignore it and push through it and you'll be fine that really beautiful quality of holding both the empathy for their feelings and the fear and all of those kinds of things whilst also this really um, loving encouragement you know I'm going to be here with you I'm going to support you with this I know that you can do this what can I do to help you you know if they're a bit older so really holding what I think of as the the kind of um, loving feminine and the loving masculine the unconditional love and the encouragement and support to to do what they want to do so uh, we can really support highly sensitive children to do the things that they love and to do things that feel scary um, but it's really understanding they might need more time they might need more support they might need they might have more feelings to express they might need to cry more um, before doing something with us lovingly listening to them but um, yeah, really supporting them in that developmental process so anyway I hope you found that helpful uh, if you think you're highly sensitive or your child is I really recommend Elaine Aron's books and yeah if this approach resonates with you as well this aware parenting understanding looking to my work Aletha Salter's work to really see how you can support your highly sensitive child to, to still do the things that they want to do in the world. And thank you for listening and I look forward to talking to you in the next podcast. Bye for now.